I know it's tough right now, everything going on, uh, but uh, this is the best time to start a business and it sounds absolutely crazy. <laughs> uh, people will be like, you're, you're crazy, but you know what? When is a good time to start a business? Sometimes you just gotta jump in. I'm your host, Eric Stites, and this is Franchising in Review, a show about franchising, entrepreneurship, and an exploration of today's top business opportunities. If you've ever thought of owning your own business but haven't quite figured out how to make that happen, this is the show for you. We'll explore the ins and outs of franchise ownership, hear lots of tips and advice from some of the most successful people in franchising, and help you turn your dreams of business ownership into reality through franchising. Good afternoon, everyone. Today, we have a special live episode of Franchising in Review, and we are going to do a deep dive into a company called Neighborly. And so for many of you, you may not know this company. Um, they are the world's largest franchise parent company in the home services segment with 25 different franchise brands under their umbrella and nearly 4,000 operating franchisees. It's a pretty amazing company, all different types of services from home improvement and carpet cleaning to glass repair and installation, house cleaning, mosquito control, everything you can imagine for your home. And so today I'm going to talk with Brad Stevenson, who is their chief development officer for Neighborly Brands. And then we're also going to visit with a few of their franchisees. We've got Sarah Weber from Window Genie. Chriselle Eugene from Molly Maid, and Dennis Stein from Mosquito Joe in Long Island. So I think we're going to have a really exciting episode today, and let's dive in and hear a little bit from Brad. So Brad, you know, Neighborly is one of the largest, if not the largest, franchise parent company out there today. You've got 25 different brands all under one roof, operating, you know, 4,000 plus franchisees, nine, nine or so different countries all over the world. For candidates that haven't really heard of Neighborly, it's a relatively new brand. You know, tell us a little bit about, you know, the company. Absolutely. Um, just kind of an overview on Neighborly. It's the world's largest home service franchisor, like you said, with 25 service brands, which includes Neighborly as kind of our umbrella uh, brand. And we have um, nearly 4,000 franchise owners and serving 10 plus million customers across nine countries. And collectively, it focuses really on repairing, maintaining, and enhancing homes and businesses. And the company operates online platforms that really connect customers to the service providers in their local communities. And that meets rigorous standards, right, as, as a franchisor across a multitude of, of categories in both the United States, uh, certainly and Canada and some other countries, mainly in, in Europe. And um, so good, good base from that standpoint. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's interesting. I've known, um, you know, your company for a long time, um, started obviously as the Dwyer Group years ago. Um, was, you know, grew into a multi-brand strategy right out of the gate. But, you know, you know, I think at that time it was, you know, five, six, seven brands. You know, tell me a little bit about, you know, 
from, you know, if I'm thinking about getting into one of your franchise brands, you know, how does this large multi-brand strategy really kind of benefit me as a, as a franchisee? Sure, absolutely. You know, through neighborly.com, um, homeowners have really a one-stop shop for all of their home service needs. You know, we cross-market our services from one neighborly brand to the next through this platform and through other marketing initiatives put forth by, by the franchise or the, in the organization. So if a customer is pleased with the service that let's say they receive from a Mr. Reuter technician, they're more likely to turn say to Mr. Electric or Molly Maid or Rainbow International, et cetera, for their next home service project based on the understanding that they can expect the same kind of quality of service even though the task at hand may be very different than the original one that they had. Right, right. You know, one of the things I know that's on a lot of candidates' mind today and, and you know, a lot of people's minds in general is just, you know, the, the COVID crisis, obviously, that we're in um, has had a, a big impact on all businesses, um, the, you know, the economy uh, as a whole. Um, but, you know, you guys, for the most part, are, are in, you know, trades and services that are, are pretty recession resistant, I would guess. So, you know, how is, how are your businesses performing today? And, you know, I guess what's, what's the outlook uh, for the next few years, given a, a probably a slower economy? Certainly uh, we say that our brands are recession resistant or maybe pandemic resistant. I don't know if anything is really proof uh, at this point. Right. Uh, right. But, but certainly the, the space that we're in, we believe, is going to be a great space going forward. So it's about a two, the home service industry is about a $250 billion a year industry. And Pondus had said that it would grow at, say, a mid-single digit growth uh, for the foreseeable future, really before uh, COVID had played out. And we really see that, you know, we think those, the growth rate is actually going to continue to expand, right, or accelerate itself because we're all using our homes more than ever due to the shelter, shelter in place mandates and having to, to spend more time at home. So if you right. think about it, our, our ACs are running full blast all day long, right? We're utilizing our home plumbing during these times when we'd normally either be at the office or we'd be out in public. And our appliances, our dishwashers, our microwaves, our ovens, you get the point, yeah. are being practically worn out by this constant use at home. And as we continue to rely on the essentials for the foreseeable future, it's not an option really to ignore their performance. And that's where the neighborly family of brands and our home service brand really comes in just because so many consumers are spending time at home and they're going to invest resources to take care of where they spend their time. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I can relate because I've got two college age daughters at home and we're running the dishwasher at least once a day, if not twice a day and, uh, and uh, you know, and showers and toilet flushing and all the, and I'm like, wow, like, uh, yeah, we're, we're putting our house to the test. I agree. I got three, three years as well. And, and uh, it keeps it, everything seems to be on a constant uh, on switch. Let's right. say. <laughs> so Brad, as you know, franchise business review, everything that we do is about franchisee satisfaction and, and 
we've been serving uh, your franchisees for many years and, and, you know, you have outstanding franchisee satisfaction. Um, you know, tell me a little bit about, you know, how, uh, you know, I, I know you're a very large organization and you got a lot of people that are part of that equation, but, you know, tell me just a little bit about, you know, what that means within your organization as far as building franchisee satisfaction, you know, all the way from, you know, selecting the right candidates to your culture and, you know, and so on and so forth. How does that play out? Taking care of our franchise business owners is at the core of what we do, along with taking care of our, ultimately our, our consumers that, that we're taking care of, right, in their homes. And it's so important to just maintain a very great dialogue with the franchise business owners and being able to really set uh, expectations set, have constant engagement with them, really try to continue to um, provide them leads and marketing and things that's going to continue to help grow their businesses year over year, make them stronger and better at, at what they do and delivering that world-class service to our customers. Um, I even go back to, as we think about from a development standpoint, as we're thinking about new potential franchise ease uh, or business owners coming into the family, um, we go through uh, a process. It's not something we just sit down and, and want to do real quick. We want people to really understand, like, what's your why? Why are you getting into this, right? And right. is it something that you have passion for? Is it something that's going to make you, you know, is it something that's going to really make you happier? And it's something that you're going to be able to deliver uh, great results to the consumers or the customers that, that will be utilizing your franchisee and the services that they, they provide. And it is just so important really to get it right up front. And, you know, we do a really good job of that. We also lean heavily on our code of values. We say, we, we say them all the time. We believe them. And uh, it's something that our, our franchise business owners uh, believe as well, and it really helps guide um, how they interact and engage uh, across across the across the organization, across the brands, um, etc. Yeah, no, I uh, I actually I was looking behind me <laughs> as we as we speak because I've got Dina's book on my bookshelf. Um, sure, and uh, you know I think uh, for any anybody considering getting into franchising, whether, whether with your brand or any other brand, uh, you know, that's a great resource is to, you know, read Dina's book um, and, and learn about the history of the Dwyer group and how that transitioned to neighborly and um, amazing, amazing story. Yeah. I highly encourage everyone, whether again, like you said, whether it's they join neighborly or they end up going down another path with another brand is to do as much research as you can really understand it understand your why that's really critical like why you're doing it and what you want to what you want to get done but do the research have the conversations don't be afraid to reach out and have those discussions so that you can really understand um, who you're going to be partnering with who you're going to be working with for for years and years to come it's so important to to do that upfront work and i just really think people ought to really invest their time to do that wisely. Yeah, that's a, I think that's a great point. I mean, we talk about that a lot is, you know, obviously getting to know the brand, you know, yeah. in your case, you know, you've got neighborly, you know, 
people, you've got brand specific people um, getting to know, you know, franchisees and the culture of the company. I mean, uh, you know, all of that is obviously important to, you know, make sure you find the, the right fit and what you're looking for. Cause you know, franchising obviously isn't for everybody and, you know, and not every brand is for everybody too. Absolutely. I totally agree that one positive, one good aspect about neighborly and having multiple brands for us is a one, one or one brand may not be what you're looking for, but the, if you are interested, we have a multitude of brands that certainly um, might be able to check the box for what you're looking for and be able to supply that passion that you're, you're looking to go drive. So it's not a, um, just a one and done, right? It's kind of right, an right. opportunity to really check the box across a multitude of brands that has an opportunity to find a good fit. Well, and I imagine too that, you know, because you have so many brands in, under the umbrella now that from a development standpoint, you know, franchisees from one brand are investing in other brands um, as well. We, we do have uh, some franchise business owners that own different concepts. And that is something uh, that certainly um, we do have in, in, our, in our network today, yes. Right. So, you know, 25 brands, I think last, last year you were somewhere around 19 or 20. I mean, you've been growing like crazy. You know, what's, what's next for Neighborly? I mean, is, are you going to continue to grow? Is that and acquire additional brands? Is, is that going to slow down? You know, what, what's the future look like? Well, I can tell you, we definitely focused on continuing to grow and uh, whether that is through uh, continued acquisition or organic growth for the brands that we have, we want to continue to, to capitalize on both of them. And really our vision moving forward, it's kind of twofold. Uh, first, we aspire to really own the home. That's what we call it through a range of services that we provide. And that means not only expanding our current footprints with our current brands, but again, also keeping ourselves open to opportunities to grow our overall family with the addition of new brands to the mix. And like I said, you think about this year with the, uh, with the acquisition of Driver and Wizard and Housemaster, right? Those are service verticals that we can now provide to the homeowners that we didn't have in our portfolio before, which is a great thing for us. Yeah. And then the second thing, uh, from a consumer-facing perspective, our goal for Neighborly is to be as well-known and loved for the home services that we provide, let's say as, as Amazon is for consumer products. And we are already the world's largest franchisor for home services brand, and we intend to keep really accelerating that uh, in this industry overall. Thanks, Brad, for that perspective. I think that really puts Neighborly in a really good light. And what I want to do now is shift gears a little bit and talk to three franchisees with the Neighborly brand. We've got Sarah Weber today, who's a franchisee with Window Genie, Dennis Stein with Mosquito Joe, and Chriselle Eugene with Molly Maid. What I'm going to do is have each of them introduce themselves and share a little bit about how they got started in franchising. So my name is Sarah Weber. My husband Dwight and I own um, Window Genie of Green Bay. This is the start of our third season. Um, prior to opening um, or starting this franchise, we, um, I was in the legal profession for about 20 years. 
Um, my husband was in transportation um, and just had been looking for about two years prior to opening this. Uh, explored a bunch of different options, but we're really looking for, for the right fit um, and didn't find that until um, we found Window Genie or rather they found us. Um, big you know, reason we were looking at franchising was because we didn't want to have to reinvent the wheel. Um, but again, we were kind of looking for a business that we could have some type of a, a service for others. We didn't really know what that looked like until Window Genie found us. So, Awesome. Dennis, how about you? Can you give us a little introduction? Absolutely. Uh, my name is Dennis Stein, and uh, I currently am the uh, Mosquito Joe uh, franchisee, along with my wife, uh, on Long Island, New York. Uh, we currently own four territories uh, on Long Island, the South Shore, and uh, we, have a, we have another territory up on the North Shore as well. Uh, we are now entering our fifth season. Uh, and before franchising, I was in uh, retail business management. Uh, so I did a lot of retail for about 20 plus years. And I said, you know what, uh, it's time to uh, take back your life and, and look for something that you can be in business with someone else and they can give you a playbook and they can really help you along and build that brand a lot faster than starting from scratch. And uh, I thought it was a unique opportunity when I found Mosquito Joe uh, as far as uh, a service that really wasn't out there. And uh, we took a risk, we took a chance and it's really paid off. Uh, and we're entering our fifth season and we are as busy as ever. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I can relate because I just got devoured by mosquitoes this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I need to call you and have you come up to Maine. Chriselle, last but not least, tell us a little bit about your story. Wow. I guess I'm the senior one here. <laughs> my, my name is Chriselle Eugene. I own Molly Maid of Stafford, Fredericksburg. I've been in business since 2005. Um, I started from ground zero. I didn't purchase from another owner at all. Um, Stafford, Fredericksburg is in Virginia. Um, my background is very diverse. We don't have the time to listen to all the uh, companies I used to work for but I got to the age where I want to do it myself. You know, I want to be my own boss. Um, so the, um, the idea of Molly Maid, um, I ran across it on the internet, as a matter of fact. And um, I called the corporate office. They said, yes, the territory is available. I signed up, no regrets. Um, the one thing I will keep in mind are any franchise, um, uh, wannabes, that you're in the business for yourself, but not by yourself. And that's what I like about that feeling is, you know, the tools are already in place, pick them up, use them. If you don't, you know, and that's, that's what turned me on. And now it's 15 years. Yeah. And, and one thing I probably should have said at the top is that um, the reason the three of you are on this is we do franchisee satisfaction research across the industry and all three of your brands have been on our top franchise list for years um and it's it's interesting i mean you know as you know in doing research and franchising to pick the brand that you pick you know not not everybody is is happy out there and so um it's a pretty amazing story that um and we'll, and we'll talk a little bit more about your parent company, um, Neighborly. Um, but, you know, obviously that franchisee satisfaction component is, is really important. Dennis, um, you know, what's the best part of 
owning a franchise business? Well, I, I think, listen, when, when you dive into it, it's a business and you're going to put the hours in, but you're building something for yourself, for your family. Uh, so it's very rewarding at the end of the day. So, uh, you know, there's a chance that you're going to either make the same income that you were making with the previous job that you were in or much more. But it really, it's up to you. At the end of the day, it's always up to the owner of how successful you're going to be. So that's what I love about it. I love the challenge of, uh, I know we spoke about managing people, but I manage a lot of people. Uh, we currently employ uh, about 42 employees right now. Wow. Uh, we have about 32 in the field and uh, we manage employees, but I do it through leadership. Uh, so we have a lot of people that are in leadership roles right now that we manage through. So what I love about it is that we can grow them into better leaders that can manage the people below them. And really, that, that's the role that I, I took now. It's not working in your business. It's working on your business. And I think that's what franchising allows you to do. At the end of the day, if you want to work on your business, you're going to work in it for a couple of years, get it up and running, and then there's a chance you can work on your business and really take it to the next level. Uh, and that's what we've really done. Uh, I got some really great people in place. I'm really excited uh, about the future. Uh, but we've come a long way in about five or six years, and we have a long way to go as well. And, and if you had started that, you know, on your own, Dennis's mosquito business, probably, probably wouldn't be where you are today. Absolutely not. Uh, having that brand behind me, uh, having the name, having that recognition, uh, having the support from the, from the franchisor to get us where we're at, there is no way I would be where I am today without them. So uh, I am happy to be in a franchise. Uh, I know they have their pros and cons, but I got to tell you, I, I see nothing but uh, wins in the franchising world. Uh, I've been a part of it now for five plus years, and I plan on staying with franchising, whatever I do in the future. Uh, this is kind of where I'm going to stay, and this is where I want to, you know, be the expert in. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Chriselle, you mentioned uh, that you started in 2005? Correct. Correct. Um, that that's exciting for me because that's the year I founded Franchise Business Review. So ah, <laughs> you and you I uh, jumped off the entrepreneurial cliff together. Right. Tell uh, us, it's, tell us what it's been like owning a, a franchise business for that many years. Well, you're so busy putting it together. You don't even think about anything else. You know, it's just, I've always been a little bit of a competitive person and I just know I'm going to make a name for myself in this community. I'm not from the community because I, I mean, I'm the little small town, Albuquerque, New Mexico, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so to be on the East coast with that alone is challenging, but to answer your question, I just dove in and um, nervous, but did it anyway. I could pick up the phone. I can talk to somebody at the corporate office or the home office. Um, they get you started with the manuals. Um, you know, step one, step two. So if I was to do that on my own, I'd probably still be at uh, maybe step three, <laughs> but um, it gave me a good start in the confidence that I needed to, to um, go forward. Um, I mean, it's just looking for an office, looking for, I have to start off with two cars. I have to start off with supplies, the uniforms, the, you don't have time to think about um, is this the right thing? You just do it because that's why you're an owner and that's why you're able to make it as long as you have because 
that's what you want to do. You don't want to have to uh, answer to anyone else. You know, you're the boss. And that was so rewarding for me to be able to uh, create. I shouldn't say create because it's already created, but to develop my business. Right. right. You know, I'm not yeah, sure I think if I that's, that's the nice part, I think, of franchising is that it, it does force a lot of people, you know, to Dennis's point, you know, it gives you the opportunity to work on the business much earlier than, you know, right. people that start their own business uh, from scratch. And we've always um, taken that approach with working on our business versus in it. However, we're kind of at that transition piece. Like Dennis was saying, he's at year five, six, we're at three. And that's where, where I was talking initially before we were actually talking together about employees like that's we're in that growth phase. We went from, I mean, we were very quickly each year where we're adding trucks, we're adding crews, we're adding days, you know, for service. Um, but it's, it, that's been that mentality from day one is working on it, not in it. Don't get, you know, sucked into that. And that's been the model with having that franchise and having the backing, having the support, the knowledge, things like that, that we feel supported in that even when, you know, a day might get wonky, but we're exactly in that space, Dennis, where nope. um, we've got an office person that we, we brought in, it didn't work out, you know, trying to alleviate because my role is becoming bigger with the back office work that needs to get done. There's more quotes that need to be done. And so we're just, we're growing. And so we're feeling those little growing pains. And then like you're saying, as we're growing that, we're going to be able to have those people into leadership roles, which is something my husband does really, really well in developing people. And um, that, but we're, we're at that, I, when you're hearing your talk, I'm like, oh, I always said like the end of year two going into three with us just being a little bit seasonal was going to be like one of the scariest. It definitely was. Um, but then, you know, now it's like we're, we're, we're at that growth phase. And, but hearing you say that, I know that we're doing, you know, doing the right things. We have the support of that franchise as well um, with any question and things, you know, that we have, whether it's, you know, from our brand or anywhere else. So. Yeah. You know, a lot of people that, you know, that transition is, it's an important transition to get through, obviously, if you want to build, you know, a right. decent sized business and right. it's, you know, it is challenging. I mean, it's a different skill set, Like you said, it's great. Great that, you have your husband in the business too. How has that uh, been working with your husband? Fantastic. I mean, <laughs> so we, I, I, we absolutely love um, being together. And I don't know, Dennis said he works with his wife as well. And I think, you know, in some cases it can be like, I've heard other people who say, you know, that they can't stand it. Absolutely love it. He was actually gone. Um, the end of last week, so Thursday through this Tuesday um, at a baseball tournament with his son, and then um, picking up our fourth service vehicle from another franchise owner who was gonna go a different route with the vehicles that he was using. Um, I was here alone because his son had been our office helper, <laughs> and now he's in a baseball tournament, and then our new office helper hadn't started yet. And so, that was a lot. I just, I just wanted him to come home. And so it's, it's so much nicer tag teaming with someone. Um, and we just, we do, we, we have, I've got a much more intrinsic and emotional side of things where he's much more practical. It's a great balance with our employees. It's a great balance on depending on, you know, a trouble situation with a customer or I don't know, just anything with, with the days. I just, we work and balance really, really well together. Um, so that's one thing. If, if you do have a spouse who's going to be in the business with you and it can work out well, it can really work out well. So we do have to make time though for 
we're not going to talk about work right now. <laughs> <laughs> because, and, and even that sometimes I remember just even 4th of July weekend, we it's were downtime. hanging out in the pool and it was, we're not talking about work. And then he started and I was just like, no, 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 no. <laughs> so I have to separate. Yeah, that's, I can see that. Chriselle, so. can you tell us a little bit about um, just kind of the day to day of, I mean, I know, a lot of people when they start looking at franchises, a lot of times they're drawn into certain businesses as you know, they experience it from the customer perspective um, or they fall in love with the product or the service. But you know, the, what a successful franchise owner does on a day-to-day -day basis can often be very different than the product or service that you provide. Can you tell us a little bit about you know, what your typical day looks like and, and my typical day. Okay. <laughs> well, <it's, laughs> I now am at the point that I don't have to be there at seven, seven thirty in the morning. Okay. But at the beginning, your crew shows up at eight, you have to be there by seven, get those reports ready, get the, get those schedules. They change the beauty of Molly made. And this is what I didn't say. The beauty of Molly made, you do have recurring clients. Okay. So they could be every week, every two weeks, every four weeks, but you know, there's always juggling that schedule, always. Um, you know, you can have three cancellations and four people call in and they need a same day clean. So you're constantly um, dealing with the schedule. Um, I know, I realized early on that I need help. You know, I can't do it all. And so I did hire a customer service representative. Um, and to help with getting those schedules out, making sure the supplies are out, um, answering the phone. Back then we didn't have call centers. <laughs> you had to answer your phone. Um, you know, uh, if somebody's broke down calling the tow truck, you know, just very, very busy, very busy. I mean, I, I couldn't even, I could be here all day talking about what a typical day is like, but it's rewarding. It's rewarding. Um, I know I won my first incentive trip. I think I was fourth year in business, you know, and around that time, I didn't know what day it was. You know what I mean? Right. It's just, oh, you won the incentive trip. Great. I get to lay on the beach somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, get to, I get to calm down. But I, I simplify everything just to say that it's so rewarding. You have to have the energy. You have to want it. It was myself, me, myself, and I didn't have a partner, wish I did. I mean, I was married, but he had his job. And um, thank God <laughs> to keep the food on the table. But um, when you even bring on a, a CSR, an admin person, they have to be trained. You have to train your, your, um, your ladies that go out to clean. Um, you have to do a buddy system with, okay, she's the best trainer, I'll have her train while she's out on the field. Um, you're ordering, you're accounting, you're an accountant, you're a supplier, <laughs> you're <laughs> getting the car to the mechanic, you're the, oh my gosh. You wear, you wear a lot of hats. Yeah, <laughs> lots of hats. You have to enjoy your hats. You have to <laughs> enjoy them. Some you may not enjoy as much, but you still have to get, keep the ball rolling. Right, and right. the beauty of having your own business. But now I do have uh, four people in the office, and my husband retired in January. So oh, guess where he's now? <laughs> nice. He's helping me. 
he's allowing me to be here. But yeah, he's helping me. And, um, and he didn't even take a break. He's just like, I'm helping you. I'm giving you, you know, I'm being there for you. Nice. So that's been really nice. It's really nice. Yeah. So after 15 years, you finally have that partner you wanted. <laughs> after you did all the hard work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's still a hard work. It's still, you know, especially now. <laughs> yeah. What we're dealing with now. Um, yeah. Dennis, yeah. Yep. how about how about you? I know, uh, you know, your wife's involved in the business as well. And uh, tell us a little bit about your day to day. She is. She's involved and uh, she's at the office uh, three days a week. And uh, basically she tells me, don't come to the office those three days a week. So uh, <laughs> it, wor it works out well. She, she calls it stay in your lane. It's, uh, it's so, good to uh, divide those yeah. responsibilities. So, <laughs> so I, I basically, I oversee a lot of the bigger things uh, when it comes to marketing. I'm very involved with marketing the business. I'm very involved with staffing the business, uh, really building the organizational charts for the business, uh, forecasting, uh, handling all the finances. So that's kind of what I do. A lot of the big overview stuff of the business. Uh, my wife is a little more involved. Uh, she, she gets directly involved with the leadership team. Uh, we have a general manager in place. We also have an office lead in place. And then we have two field ops managers in place in the field. So she kind of oversees them. Uh, I help her a little bit. Uh, but it's good that, you know, we kind of separate what our roles are and we're very good at what we do. Uh, she's good at what she does and uh, she's kind of the operational. She makes sure behind the scenes that, you know, everything's working smooth. And I kind of the big overview picture uh, really drive the marketing process. Kind of that's what, what I really need to do and oversee staffing because uh, everyone knows staffing is always an opportunity in anything you do, uh, any business. Uh, but really staffing and training is critical. Uh, to any franchise. Uh, I always say we're in a marketing business, we're in a staffing and a training business, but not always necessary in the pest control business. Uh, and if we did those three things right, everything else will fall into place. Uh, so if we market well, we staff well, and we train well, everything else will fall into place. And uh, that's what you like about a franchise. It's very structured. There's a playbook involved. You have a playbook, just follow it. Uh, if you follow it, you're going to be successful. If you try to reinvent the wheel, I think someone said that earlier, you're not going to be successful. So uh, when you're in a franchise, just follow what they say. Uh, yes, there's always room to, you know, ask questions or maybe bring up suggestions. But other than that, uh, if you follow what they say, it's a process for a reason. Good systems and processes in place will always work. And that's what I kind of like about a franchise. I think you're really buying into that. And, uh, you know, my wife and I, we make it work. We make it work. I think that I think the most difficult thing that uh, we spoke about was really trying to not talk about it when you have that off time. Uh, when you have that alone time and that, that separate time away from it, it's like trying not to bring it up. And uh, I think it always ends up coming up and you try to get away from it as quick as possible uh, because you want to talk about it. You want to talk about whether it's, uh, you know, is that person right in that place, in that position? Uh, do we have enough staffing? Do we have enough equipment? You know, you're always going to bring something up and uh, that's what kind of starts uh, the whole uh, ball rolling. So when you do work with your spouse, uh, it could be very rewarding. It's very good. You just got to kind of know whose roles are whose and kind of keep it separated and it works out pretty well. So if, if we didn't have each other, we would not be growing like we do. So uh, we have really grown very well 
And because of that, having each other, I think it's worked out pretty well. Just stay in your lane, though. Stay in your lane. She, she says that very well. She goes, just stay in your lane. I'm like, okay. In, I'm in my lane. I love that. We call it sandbox. Stay in your sandbox. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and I think you bring up a great point, too, of, um, you know, I talk to a lot of successful franchisees in the job that I have, and um, you know, I ask them, you know, what's the secret to success? And so often they say, I just follow the system. That's and exactly what it's, we say. Yep. It's amazing, um, you know, when you run into people, uh, you know, there are people that, that struggle in, in business, whether they're a franchise owner or not. And, you know, you're spending all this money to buy an existing model and, and you've got all this support. And then to not follow the system is just so right. counterintuitive to me. So I think that's, that's great advice. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, I'd like to kind of get your perspective too on, you know, when you talk to franchisee candidates or anybody else that's looking at, you know, business ownership or franchise ownership, you know, how do you set, um, yeah. I guess, their realistic expectations? Because, I think a lot of people, you know, they'll, they'll listen to this, they see you guys and they hear how successful you are. And, you know, and, and, you know, a lot of people want to own a business and be quote unquote business owners and play golf two days a week and go to the gym and, you know, not work very hard. And we all know as business owners, that's not reality, especially, you know, in those first years. Um, so how do you, you know, how do you talk to folks and tell them, you know, how hard, you know, it is to kind of get things started and up and running and how much work you have to put into it. And Sarah, why don't, why don't you uh, start off with that? Well, <laughs> um, Dwight is usually the one who talks to other um, candidates. So, but I've certainly heard um, my fair share of, of kind of what he goes through when he does speak to them. But one thing that we always, um, you know, point out is that it is a lot of work. It's a lot of work to do it right, you know, to follow the system, to have, in, you know, dot your eyes, cross your T's, and, and I mean, truly to do it right. Um, but it's so worth it. You're putting all the, you know, that extra time, the extra hours, the extra, you know, just those conversations, you know, they're all for you. They're for you and they're for your employees. You know, when you've got, I mean, we truly care about our employees. And so when I say that it's for us, it's for our family, you know, first and foremost, but the next thing that I'm responsible for are those people that, you know, come in um, and, and, you know, put their sweat, you know, to work for us as well. So we, you know, point out that it is a lot of hard work. However, the other part that, um, you know, that, that we, I'm just, I'm, trying, I'm losing my, my train of thought on it, but um, the other part that we, we point out is that we were afraid to start this. I mean, this was a big change. It was, you know, changing career paths 100, you know, 110%. It was the financial investment. It was, you know, know that this was absolutely going to change our lives. We were hoping, obviously, for the better. Um, but at the same time, we always tell people, if you're not a little afraid, you're probably doing something wrong or you're not looking at it truly with your eyes wide open. And so those are just, you know, some little key, let's keep it real here things. But I'm going to say, I mean, the, the, the good days far outweigh, you know, the bad days and the stressful things. And at the end of the day, there's, I mean, there's so many things that we've done and we've done for the first time where you dive in and you help to troubleshoot a problem or you, you dig in and you, you do, I mean, 
case in point, this is such a, an easy thing. It was just simple manual labor of we were changing shops, moving to one that had just been remodeled. And we had to get this bleach tub that had 90 gallons of bleach in it moved over. The forklift wasn't going to work with the way that we had it, you know, sitting in our shop. Dwight and I literally siphoned off 90 gallons of bleach and schlepped it over to the other thing. But you get done and you weren't even grumpy. We're just like, look how we did. I mean, it's so, any, anyone could do it. But were you going to get grumpy about it? Were you going to do this? Were you going to try to drag someone else in? And it's just, whether it's something as simple as that or it's something major, like the, some of the rewards or awards that we've, um, we've gotten over the, you know, the last couple of years. Um, so they're, they're different things, but that feeling of accomplishment is so worth the hard work. So, yes. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Chriselle, how about you? What, uh, how do you set people's realistic expectations as to what business ownership is really like? I'm very real about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you know, I hold nothing back. So, but you know what? It's, it's energy. You have to have the energy. You have to be able to think forward, backward. I, I just, you, you just really, I'm constantly um, thinking of how can I improve my business constantly. Um, my, my husband is a Lean Six Sigma um, oh. black belt. Mm -hmm. So I would sneak his books <laughs> <laughs> out of his office and kind of look through it and stuff and, you know, and just listen to some of the things he talks about and how can we load the, the, the cars up with um, the equipment efficiently in one fell swoop. I mean, it's things like that that you talk to um, uh, an owner or, or someone who's thinking about owning a business, just the little things that you can do to, um, like, like everyone is saying, you have your handbook, you have your manuals, you have your coaches uh, the, the, at the home office, you, you, you have other owners. That's another thing. Contacting other owners and Absolutely. how did you handle this? You know, and you may get three different directions, pick one or you do a blend of all three. But that's the key is to let somebody know, again, they're not by themselves. You know, they have a tough question. They're not by themselves. You can't pick up the phone. If I did this without being a Molly maid, I'd be Chriselle's maids. <laughs> I don't think I would have lasted six months. I, to, be, to be honest, I wouldn't have lasted six months. Um, I ended up with 14 teams, um, I, four people in the office, that's another thing. You can't hold your money close to you. You gotta, you gotta get the people in place. You gotta get the, the that CSR who's gonna answer the phone, that operations manager, that field coach, that estimator. You know, you gotta get the people going um, instead of saying, well, that's less money that I'll have in my pocket. No, it's more because you'll get more, you right. know. Um, you're training the girls the way they're supposed to be trained but I'm still in there just about every day. But um, the other thing I tell them, and then you get to the point where you can take that two week vacation. You go to Europe, you go to Mexico, you know, and, and you know your people are in place, you know, that the ball will still roll, you know, and that's, that's the point that I'm at right now is, you know, for the last four years, is just being able to take that time to go and, and just not think about it. Right, right. You know? Yeah, you've built, so. you've built a and, great asset. And I mean, that's, you know, yes. that's obviously the, the great piece of 
business ownership, you know, yes, it's franchising, but you still own the business. That's right. And so right. Well, you've well, worked hard and, you know, when you decide to move on to the next step in life, whatever that may be, you know, you've got a, a significant asset that you can sell. Um, well, and I love that you talk. Well, Go sorry. ahead, Sarah. I was just going to say one thing that Chriselle said about, you know, looking at someone being in the office um, and looking at that as like a money-making opportunity versus an expense. That was, you know, one thing that we talked about very candidly when we were looking at adding that person by having that phone answered, by having them booking jobs, things like that. They, they were there generating revenue. They were not just sucking, you know, a profit kind of a thing. Same thing with advertising. We always tell people don't scrimp on that. I mean, you need to spend money to make money. You've got to be out there. You've got to find ways to do that. You got to find ones that make sense. I mean, we've, you know, shuffled baskets on marketing things, but we've never just decided, oh, don't need that, don't need, I mean, you, you find a way. And so you're absolutely correct on, on saying that, Chriselle, that was a good point. Chriselle, to your point of the, you know, being able to reach out to other franchise owners. And I think that that's something that's often overlooked when someone's looking at franchising and they're, they look really hard at the brand and the corporate office and they do their research, but they often don't spend enough time talking to franchisees and getting to know you know, the culture of the, you know, franchising yes. network. And, and I think, you know, maybe I'm biased, but I think that's probably the biggest asset that a franchise company has to offer anyone is that ability to pick up the phone and call, you know, any other franchisee or, you know, if you're having a marketing problem or an operations problem, you know, you can pick up the phone and call the top performers in the network and say, how do you do that? Or what did you do to about this? And, right. you know, and you've got that support. It's not, it's not just always the corporate office. Correct. Correct. Dennis, how about uh, you've, you've grown a, a pretty quick business. How do you, I guess, balance your success with, you know, trying to be realistic when talking to others about, you know, how hard <laughs> business ownership really is? So, yeah, it's a great question. Uh, I do a lot of validation calls uh, for our franchise. And uh, the first thing I will talk to them about is what are they looking for? Uh, it is a lot of work up front. So the first two, three years, you're going to put in a lot of hours. I mean, I remember we're getting up at 6 a.m. in the morning and we're working to 11 o'clock at night. We were answering all the phones, me and my wife. We were spraying. I was spraying in the field for two years. Uh, so we, we put our work in the first couple of years and we really grew it. But I, I explain that to all the franchisees that are looking at a business, whether it's our business or someone else's business. You're going to put a lot of sweat equity into it. You're going to put a lot of work into it, hours. Uh, and it will pay off in the long run. And then you could set yourself up for success. Um, I think it is really forecasting and seeing where you're heading. And you could start to fill those positions and start to take the workload off yourself. Uh, and then you could start to peel yourself back and take yourself off, you know, off the radar as far as being involved with the business. So uh, those first couple of years, you really have to set the expectations uh, for a, a business owner that, hey, listen, you're going to be working in your business if you want to be successful. Uh, if you think you're just going to buy a business and it's going to run itself, uh, it, it's, it's really not the right thing to do. Uh, you're really just, you know, giving away your money or uh, it's, it's not the smart investment that you thought it was. Uh, that's why, listen, I know we hear a lot about semi-absentee businesses and absentee businesses and I believe eventually they are semi-absentee, but I think the first two or three years, you're going to put the work in. You're going to put the hours in. You need to learn your business from ground up, uh, ask a lot of questions. I think you bring up a great point. 
networking with your franchisees is probably the most beneficial thing you can do. Reach out to someone that's more successful than you or very similar to you. You will learn so much from that person about your business. You can ask millions of questions. They're going to ask you questions. You're going to bounce ideas off each other. Uh, but I, I get more out of fellow Z's than I do out of anything. So networking with, with like franchisees to me is critical. I get so much out of it. And I take a lot of their advice and I'm not afraid to ask. I want to learn from them. I'm, I'm, I want to learn from the best uh, in order for me to get there. I want to learn from them. So I, I am not, I am, I'm very humble. I want to learn from everyone uh, because if you want to be just as successful as them, you, you got to ask a lot of questions how they got there. So uh, I, I think that whole networking thing is critical. Uh, but I do set real realistic expectations with any business owner coming on board uh, into a franchise or any business uh, that you're going to put the work in. And if you're not willing to put the work in, uh, maybe it's just not for you. So, you know, one of the unique things about each of you is the parent company that's, that owns each of your brands um, neighborly. And, uh, I think I've lost count. I think they own 23 or 24 brands now. Uh, they've, they've been um, growing like crazy. Um, you know, and, and that obviously is an even bigger resource and network of additional franchisees from different brands. Um, can each of you just kind of talk about, um, you know, some of you system before Neighborly came on board and, and some of you probably joined after Neighborly owned your brand but just kind of talk a little bit about what's, what's that like and what additional support Neighborly can provide as such a large company. Michelle, why don't we lead off with you? Well, yeah, the concept is, oh, gosh, when did it start? Four years ago? Four or five years ago? Neighborly. Yeah. Um, but um, it does give you the opportunity to co-op you know, there is a window window genie nearby. There's a mosquito Joe nearby. So you can co-op with them in advertising. Um, well, and it's a smart strategy because, you know, it's not just a big conglomerate buying up a bunch of franchise companies. I mean, they, they're they very specific about the types of brands and they're all home services focused companies. Right, so it's a one-stop shop. You, you do get that crossover. It's, it's interesting. Right. Right, Dennis, right. Dennis, what's been your experience with the broader neighborly perspective? So, so yeah, we were uh, acquired two years ago. And, uh, and uh, when we were acquired, uh, I thought it as a, a great opportunity for us to really be that one-stop service for a home. Now, not only that, the marketing strategy going forward is going to be phenomenal. So I wasn't really thinking short-term. I was thinking more long-term. Hey, long-term, this is going to be amazing. And when they start to really grow, the amount of customers that are going to be serviced by every brand is just going to help each other out. To be part of this big company, Neighborly Brand, is like the Amazon of services, home services. So, you know, to me, if we're the Amazon of home services, I'm all in for that. Uh, so I'm happy that even though we were sold, I'm happy we were sold to a brand that has so many other brands that really work well with ours. Well, it's a great point that you make because again, when we talk about like, you know, Dennis's mosquito business, you know, you wouldn't be where you are today without a franchise brand. Now you're talking about a large conglomerate that's all 
you know, right, focused yeah. on home services. And it, it just makes your business that much more valuable compared to other competitors. So not to end on a bad note, but, <laughs> um, you know, there, there are new realities these days um, yeah. in business. And, you know, millions of people have been laid off. Um, nobody really knows what's going to happen over the next few months or years. Um, so I, my question is basically, you know, what advice do you have for prospective franchisees? Um, but obviously the caveat now with, with COVID-19, um, you know, talk about what advice you would give to potential business owners today, um, but also, you know, just kind of share, you know, your experience with how your business has changed, pivoted maybe um, uh, due to COVID and, and how you see that, you know, affecting things long-term. So Sarah, why don't we lead off with you for that? Yep. Um... So obviously we've made some safety changes on our end, um, did so before things were mandated and then followed you know, the rules and guidelines um, across um, you know, as things changed in our state and continue to have those um, you know, policies, procedures in place. Um, the big thing whenever I've got a customer asking about things that we do, you know, and I always point out to them that this is just a situation where we all just need to be respectful of each person. You know, I've got one person who specifically said for a service today, um, I've been quarantining for 126 days. I, you know, just email me a, a bill kind of a thing and they don't even need to knock on the door. I'm okay with that. I had another one today who's a nurse who said, um, I only want one person in the house. You know, they know we're wearing masks, gloves, shoe covers. We're disinfecting, you know, in the, the vans and things. She said, I just want one in the house versus two. I said, not a problem. So just being respectful of what your customers want um, and also being as protective, you know, as you can of your employees and then your customers. Um, one thing we did not, we saw a change um, a lot more um, exterior services, um, and during a period of time, we really were not going into people's homes um, to do any interior um, window cleaning, but we do so much on the exterior of the home that um, we didn't see a huge drop off. We saw a slower, like a slower ramp up versus being slow in general. The other thing that um, I think is interesting to point out is a lot of the people that are using our services, so not just window genie, but house cleaning, you know, mosquito spraying or pest spray, spraying, they're people who in most cases did not lose their jobs. They're either working from home. It was, you know, maybe a stay-at-home mom. So one person is now working from home or situations like that. I only had, um, I think it was two customers who said that they were not able to go forward with things that they had planned for the spring. I also had that one of the two who just emailed this week and said, we're ready to move forward. When can we get on the schedule? So I think she was just kind of waiting for things, what, what are gonna happen? But yeah, a lot of our customers, um, I, I, you're, we're not going to, you know, a 21 year old who's working at a restaurant. Those, those are the houses and the customers that we're, we're going right. to. And I don't mean, I mean, to, it's just, that's just the reality of it. That's not, and that's not what neighborly or what, you know, any of our franchises are targeting when they're looking at our territories. Um, so I think that being the business that we specifically bought into, we were very, very lucky through this. I, I, I have had a hard time saying, you know, that because it's almost like a knock on wood situation, but I, I truly feel that we we're very blessed to be part of what we're part of through this because we were okay. So Great, great. Dennis, how about you? How is how has business changed or not changed? And 
advice that you have for people that so, are looking at franchising? Yeah, so uh, it was interesting. Uh, when COVID hit, we knew right away there was going to be changes. Uh, we typically run uh, two technicians per van, uh, and we knew right away that we would go down to one, one technician per van, uh, which has kind of changed from the years before. Uh, not only that, then we had to look at our office space and say, hey, we got to be socially distanced and we got to be six feet apart. And we had to buy additional office space in order to make it work. Uh, because just to be fair to our employees, to make sure it's safe for them. Uh, with that said, uh, we figured it all out very quickly. Uh, but business really started to pick up. And uh, because of that, we do most of our work outside. If anything, we do all of our work outside. We're an exterior uh, service that, that people don't have to come outside. We don't have to really uh, get too close to them. So if we knock on their door or ring their bell, uh, we could be eight feet back, uh, make sure we have a mask on, be very respectful of our customers. Uh, with that said, many people are not taking vacations right now. They're not going away. Uh, their kids are not going to summer camp. So they're using their backyards more than ever. And because of that, our phones have uh, really exploded this year. Uh, even more with the growth that we've had in the past. We were growing anyway, uh, but it's just even crazier right now. The phones are nuts, and uh, we had to hire more people in the office, hire more guys in the field. Um, our goal was to add two or three vans this year on top of what we had. Uh, we are now at seven additional vans on top of last year. Wow. Uh, so, uh, and I probably need an eighth. Uh, so uh, we are really growing, and, uh, you know, we, we still want to take care of all the people that, you know, we have customers that we know have lost their jobs and we made sure we gave them additional discounts. Uh, we want, we want to be very sympathetic and empathetic to the people out there uh, that are not working. So, you know, if we had to give them discounts on their first few treatments, we were willing to do that because it's the right thing to do right now with everything going on. Uh, and then you have these other customers that didn't lose their jobs and they're okay paying the full price right now. So uh, we wanted to really be uh, very, you know, sentimental as far as understanding who our customer was uh, and making sure that we could treat everybody. But uh, service businesses right now, I think, are, are not going away. I think people will always look for service uh, around their house and they're willing to pay for it. So, uh, you know, we haven't really seen too much of a, of a decline. If anything, we've seen an increase in business uh, with COVID. Uh, which is which is a good thing. So uh, nice. we're very very happy, very blessed uh, to be part of of this group. Chriselle, how about you? How's how's business been impacted? And uh, advice you have for candidates looking at franchising post COVID nineteen? Well, move forward. Just keep going. Um, like I said, I had fourteen teams before the virus hit. Um, I'm now down to nine teams, I, nine and some stragglers, <laughs> because I need drivers. Um, I found that the ones who cannot return to work are the ones who are single mothers, single parents. Um, they, they have to be home with the kids. They don't have daycare. Uh, the schools were closed. What am I going to do? Who's going to watch my kids? So that's what affected my business more so than the customers. There are, we have a lot of senior customers and they're more like, can you just hold off until, <laughs> until things, you know, get better? You know, I am in the high risk area and that's fine. That is perfectly, perfectly fine. 
we constantly communicate to our customers. We do email blasts, text blasts, reminding them that um, number one, we would like for you to at least not be home when we get there, leave the door unlocked or give us a code or a key. And a lot of customers, we have codes and keys anyway, but we prefer that they're not home so that when we're there cleaning, we have the social distancing um, or they can be in a room until we're finished and we leave. 100% in agreement. Nobody has said, oh, there's no way I'm leaving my house. Total trust there. Um, so, you know, sometimes they, like I said, they'll leave the key or the door unlocked or we call when we're on our way. So we'll say we're 30 minutes out and we'll give that call. Great. And they're expecting us and fine. We're fine. We, our PPEs are the mask, the gloves, the shoe covers. Um, we're constantly from um, between houses, we're, we're changing our gloves. Um, the chemicals, we've got even additional disinfectants um, to make sure that we're getting, hitting every nook and cranny again and again. Um, and they keep calling us back. We're getting a lot of one-time cleans, a lot of one-time cleans more so than ever. And it's because folks who are selling their homes or moving into a new space want to make sure that they're certified that it's cleaned. You know what I mean? Not just right. the owners wiped it down. So they're calling us and saying, look, I'm moving in this house. I just bought it. I need it cleaned. And it's already clean, but we're cleaning it again. Okay. We're cleaning it for them again. Moving. Um, so we're finding an uptick in the one-time cleans. Awesome. Yeah. So any, uh, any advice for someone that's looking for a franchise business in this economy? I tell them to jump in. I mean, Go listen, there's no better time to start a business. I know it's tough right now, everything going on, uh, but this is the time to start something. You could probably, you could probably get a better location at this point. You could get better, uh, better deals on, on office space, retail space. Uh, this is going to be the time. A lot of people make a lot of money coming out of recessions, uh, coming out of things like this. Uh, this is the best time to start a business and it sounds absolutely crazy. <laughs> uh, people will be like, you're, you're crazy, but you know what? When is a good time to start a business? Sometimes you just got to jump in. I think uh, Chriselle said it earlier that, you know, she started her business. She didn't even realize all of a sudden five years ago and 10 years ago and you're, you're, you're moving. You just got to move ahead. You got you to gotta be positive. Uh, there's plenty of customers out there that are willing to pay for a service uh, whether it's in this type of business or any other type of uh, franchise business, uh, I would definitely tell them, you hey, listen, business ownership is not for everyone. Uh, if you're willing to put the work in, there's no better time to start than now. Uh, there's plenty of franchises out there, successful ones. Uh, do your due diligence on, on what you're, and ensure, make sure that you really enjoy what you're doing. Uh, you are going to be working from morning to night, you know, and uh, you have to understand what you're getting yourself into. But I think uh, at the end of the day, it's going to be very rewarding. Well, uh, there's nothing more precious than a business owner's time. So I want to let you go. Again, Chriselle, Dennis, Sarah, I appreciate it so much. And uh, Thank you. wish you the best of success in uh, continuing to grow your businesses. Um, and hopefully this whole COVID thing will go away very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for so, inviting me. All right. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much, guys. Okay. Good luck. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you, you guys too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
That's it for today's show. If you have any franchise-related questions, simply drop us an email at info at franchisebusinessreview.com. You can also follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, or tweet us at Franchise Review. Special thanks this week to Will Zimmerman for production help. I'm Eric Stites, and you've been listening to Franchising in Review. See you next time.